Stay tuned for Occupied Territory America, hosted by Mike Fader. And this is Occupied Territory America, hosted by Mike Fader. Uh, what kind of issues do we deal with in this show, if you're new to this show? Everything that's political in the United States and in the world, too. So we take in a lot of territory here. Started out, speaking of territory, with the Occupy movement. Uh, that's how this show was um, born during the Occupy movement and because of the Occupy movement. And almost everything we talk about comes down to, guess what, the bottom line, the fact that a very few people have almost all the money, the assets, the land, and most of the rest of the world has close to nothing. And if they have enough to get by, it's becoming less all the time. So we talk about the facts of this and then maybe what the solutions are to this. Um, one thing I want to remind you, which I do every week, is we have a Facebook page. Cool. I know a lot of people hate Facebook. Pretty soon, I wonder about Facebook, right? How long is Facebook going to last? It's getting battered for good reason from every direction and for every reason. But um, in the meantime, we have, a, um, we have a, a parallel sort of show going on every day. It's turned into a sort of a political blog for me. And uh, anybody wants to post on there, it's Occupied Territory Facebook. Go to Facebook, Occupied Territory. Yes, of course, the NSA will read every word you say, and uh, Facebook will uh, sell your information to, uh, you know, Coca-Cola or whatever it is. But we all know that already. We can still communicate with each other and say whatever we like. In fact, even more freely now that we know that we are clearly being spied on and being used as capitalist fodder every minute. And when aren't we? So we, we can work uh, through that, over it, around it, you know, blow it up if we want, talk about it on Facebook. So it's Occupied Territory on Facebook. Uh, a couple of issues today, but first uh, we have a guest on who is uh, going to talk about the situation in Texas with a very interesting woman who has not popped up but has made the news recently in Texas uh, on a stance of anti um, anti-abortion bills uh, that are, well, he'll talk about it. Let me introduce uh, my old uh, Pacifica colleague, Scooter Scutre. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, Mike. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Okay, so we... I'm just uh, getting used to the time differential here. It's a, was it an hour? Yeah. It's an hour difference, yeah. I know I can never understand it. Texas seems so far from New York, and yet it's only an hour earlier. Odd. Uh, yeah. In many ways, that's true. <laughs> In many ways. It's only 50 years from New York, actually. 50, 50 years on a bullet. Um, <laughs> Scooter Scootridge, spelled S-K-U-T-R-E, and um, uh, he is an old um, radio colleague of mine from Pacifica back in the days when I was a member of, of the Pacifica family, although that's a funny word to use for Pacifica. No, you still are. I mean, once you're a made man of Pacifica, there's no leaving. You know, it's like the Sopranos. Is that right? Every yeah. time I try to leave, they pull me back in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Mr. Fader, hey. Hey, yeah. Uh, well, so, a little favor. 
So uh, Scooter does uh, a radio show on uh, on the Pacifica station in Houston, KPFT, which has its own interesting history, and uh, it's on Thursday evenings. But what time is that Eastern time? 10.30, but the best way to listen, especially if you're in New York, is from the web. And I have my own website where I archive the shows, okay. and that could be found by Googling Inner Side, which is the name of the program. It's been I've been around forever, so it's the first hit. And make sure you use Google because the you know the government wants to know if you're listening to me. Oh, absolutely, Inner Inner Side Radio, and uh, it's sort of. And then what is Axis of Evil then? It's just a, it's that's just a, my website. It's yeah. okay. Ax- I, it was yeah. It was it was a dumb move. <laughs> Having to sell your website when you have a radio show, yeah, forget it. <laughs> That's why I say Google the inner side. Okay, good. Yeah, do that. Forget about Access of Evil. Inner Side Radio yeah. and it's uh, Scooter and uh, Houston KPFT. And, and I also uh, entered the 21st century and started podcasting uh, last year. Oh, good. With, a, right. with a couple of your New York uh, uh, homeboys, Joe Dixon, who's a stand-up comic there, and Sean Ewald, whom I know from community radio, and we do a show, a uh, podcast called Skeptiles, mm-hmm. and so we do skeptic and atheist uh, issues and make, you know, make, we do this stuff that you can't say on Pacifica. It's free speech, but, you know, there are limits. Yeah, there's especially there's limits on Pacifica when it comes to uh, politically correct things. Um, so, but uh, check check out everything that Scooter does on here. You're going to hear radio that you don't hear anywhere else. I mean, people say that, they toss that phrase around, but actually, you will hear radio here. That, and you might not want to hear it, but you will hear radio here that you, you have never heard anywhere else. And uh, he is uh, absolutely – he's not on the edge. He's over the edge. So if you want to hear some really interesting radio, check it out. So the situation, you can also hear me on PRN. Oh, I'm right. a frequent contributor to uh, the final edition. The final edition. Okay. The final edition radio hour. Right there on your network. Fine. When is that? Uh, when it airs, I don't know. Oh, really? I do, yeah, I, I, but it's 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 on PRM. That's uh, Jeff Chrysler and Tony Hendra. Oh, yeah. Again. Well, maybe Excellent. maybe our uh, maybe our crack staff can uh, get back to me with the info. I don't know what. Yeah, yeah, really great sketch. Thursday. Stuff. Wait a minute. I have this information right in there front. Thursday at eight thirty. This was just that's handed right. me. Thursday at eight thirty. Um, we so we kind of compete in real time. Yeah, well, that's all right, you know. Yeah, Thursday is, is deadline day, so, yeah, it's rough. Competition is American, Scooter. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm loving it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah. so what's going on there? There's, there's a woman uh, out there, Wendy Davis. Can you explain who she is and what she's been doing and why? Well, I'll start with, I guess, what we would call the Occupy lead, okay. and then we can work work back to uh, some of the political high yeah. so we don't have people's eyes glazed over. Um, okay. Last, a couple of weeks ago, the Texas legislature tried to pass an omnibus abortion bill, which is um, much more draconian than anything that's ever been tried in any state, including and, Alabama, uh, Arizona, anywhere. Anti-abortion bill, right? And, yeah. yeah okay. uh, I think they call it the you know, protecting women's health bill or yeah, something right. okay. Orwellian like that. Um, it restricts access to morning-after pills, uh, you can't have an abortion after 20 weeks because, of course, fetuses can feel pain. Uh, they have scientific proof of that. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, the biggie is that you can't have an abortion unless – I mean, you cannot offer an abortion unless you're a surgically uh, – it's a surgical clinic, which means the hospital, which means the 32 places you used to be able to get an abortion is now four in a state the size of Texas. Mm. And they already have the transvaginal thing. That already passed. So if you're a person uh, trying to get an abortion 
you may have to drive 600 miles, rent a room for two nights because you have to get the transvaginal thing one day, and then I guess you have to go and pin the uh, the picture to the ceiling of your hotel room and be the, read the Bible all night, and mm-hmm. then you have to go back the next day for the abortion. You know, you're talking well over a thousand bucks, and you have to have it in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Which makes the price go way up. So, so, uh, so, so this is a trend you see in other states too. This, this is this, their sneaky way of doing this in many other states right now. Is um, right, right, uh, right. But, but they you know. put it together all in one big omnibus book bill, and they're just, just trying to jam it all in at once. Mm. So anyway, uh, Wendy Davis, I, I, she made uh, cult status hero. Um, I think all over the country, right? You heard mm-hmm. about her, didn't you? Yeah. And uh, so, her, uh, what they did was they tried to jam it in at the end of the session. Uh, and so they, they only had one day to prepare, and uh, they managed to organize, you know, protesters plus herself, and she put a filibuster together, and um, they prevented it from going through. She's a state, uh, she's a state, uh, she's a Democratic state legislator, right? Right, okay. right, out of the Fort Worth area. She's been around, she's been in, in that position since 2008. Okay. And a real thorn in the side to those kind of folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is, yeah, she, she's got some good history. Um, so, uh, the very next day, after they – first they tried to say, they, we will come back to that. But Rick Perry on the very next day said, well, we'll just have another session after Fourth uh, of July. So that's where we are now. And in the meantime, she decided to uh, – wisely decided to use this political capital and, and uh, to essentially go on a bus tour to all the major cities in Texas and rally people to do something. Call your legislature, however you act, you know, call your legislator, hop on a bus to Austin, go to your church, do a pussy riot dance, whatever you do. Mm-hmm. Basically, this is this is happening, and she's raising awareness. And, of course, it's, it's she's also raising awareness to the people out in these small towns that are the Bible Belt part that voted for these people because uh, this bill only has 30 percent support, even in Texas. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the lead is on this story is two days ago she came to Houston, and this was not – remember, this is not a protest uh, tour, and they're not in front of City Hall. They're not marching. They just met at a place called Discovery Green, which is a big open uh, uh, place with a, where you could set up a stage in a PA. So she's not, she's not, uh, she's not blocking any, uh, no. any major artery. She's not in front of a bank. She's not doing any of this. Right. Okay. Yeah, a bought and paid for stage. And uh, when she showed up, when the bus showed up with her and her entourage, which was about 25 people, um, many of them notable, and uh, waiting for her were about between 150 and 200 riot cops, 50 of them on horseback. And I'm like, this is a state senator. You know, mm-hmm. that's what five foot four. I mean, what what is the who, who made that decision? What is the message there? I mean, this is a new era here where your state legislator comes in and they meet her with a, a full riot force. I mean, not even Halliburton protest had that many cops. Well, obviously, and, the obviously the point is you better be afraid to speak your mind, period. You know, shut up, right. shut up and go away or else. That's that's the message. And it's the same message as it was with Occupy all over the place. You know, amazing. But I, I, but it's not only kind of uh, uh, chilling for her, I would assume, but obviously to all the people who show up that she's urging to do something about. It. They look around, they're surrounded by cops on horseback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, uh, psyops, I guess you call that, right? 
Yeah, well, I think it has a real effect. I mean, uh, people will people will stay away from that. They're afraid to get, you know, if they're afraid of themselves, they're afraid for their families, they're afraid of violence, arrest, they're afraid they're going to get a record, surveillance, everything else, you know. Yeah. So I was shocked by that. I, I, uh, I, I had a great investigative reporter actually on site phoning in reports to me. She's known as my wife. She was there. <laughs> And, uh, right? So, so what kind of what kind of she's an investigative reporter that works for you? What's what kind of health benefits and pay does she get? Well, uh, she's in charge. Oh, I see. So, yes. so you work for her, right. Of course, you're married, right? <laughs> well, I don't know what kind of show is this. So anyhow, so Wendy Davis, did she, so did she want to like you know you know it's it's not impossible that she would want to run later for what for governor or something, right? Well, yes, it's possible. Um, she hasn't announced in any way. I mean, she hasn't had time to. You know, she's been actually doing her job, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, as a human being and as a, a politician. But it, obviously, every there was a Wendy Davis for Governor website the next day, mm-hmm. yeah. and I was doing the fake Wendy Davis commercials and aired them on KPFT, which are pretty good, actually. Uh, Scooter does a lot of fantastic satirical stuff, and uh, it's just uh, really at the very highest level. And he did some um, this woman Wendy Davis, who looks like she could be actually a genuine hero, even though she's a Democrat. Uh, you know, a member of the Democratic Party, that is. She uh, And Texas, by the way, in Texas, being a member of the Democratic Party sort of automatically makes you somewhat conservative in general, doesn't it, really? Usually. 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 Okay. Yeah, but there's, there, there's, there's still a progressive undercurrent in Texas politics. You, you know, they're just crushed all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, we had a great Ann Richards, well, it was a great progressive uh, uh Democratic governor. She was the one before George Bush. Uh-huh. But uh, and, and her daughter uh, Cecile Richards was is an ally of Wendy Davis, right? Yeah. And she says she's the head of Planned Parenthood. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I believe she is. Oh, well, oh I, okay, okay. Do I have my facts in front of me? I don't know. But I uh, think I, you just, that, that, that totally rings a bell right now. Yeah, and that's so. So Ann Richards, who's very famous in Texas politics, and a lot of people may remember her. Um, her daughter is Cecile Richards, and I believe she actually is the head of Planned Parenthood, and she's an ally of Wendy Davis. Right. So Wendy Davis is somebody to look for. I mean, you know, basically on this show and other shows I do, and people who have a like mind basically have kind of given up on the Democratic Party being just sort of a maybe a Republican light, L-I-T-E. But, it's uh, not electoral politics altogether, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, but then you've got, well, unless you want to vote for a third party like Jill Stein or, or Rocky Anderson or something like that. But uh, when you see people like this, you know, you, it, it, maybe it depends on what generation you're in. Because I grew up, the Democratic Party was a liberal, was the the party of FDR, right? It was the liberal party. And after, you know, you get a big of an education, you, know, you see people like John Kennedy. Oh, boy, isn't he wonderful? But then you figure out what's really going on. But then you see people every once in a while like Elizabeth Warren or Wendy Davis, and, and, you know, the old nostalgia sets in. Like, maybe I'll be a Democrat just for a little while again for this one candidate. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and, and you know, Ber- I mean, Bernie Sanders is always nice to have around. He'd reti- he retired, though, right? But he's an independent. I, no, he's still around, isn't he? Did he say oh, he's retiring? I get him and Barney Frank messed up. I'm sorry. Yeah, Barney Frank oh. retired. Let me tell you about Barney Frank. Barney Frank, you know, the Dodd Frank, which is uh, now the SEC. This woman, Mary Jo White, who used to be uh, uh, a very, very, very wealthy uh, partner in a law firm, which was the major law firm representing places like hedge funds and Citibank. She's the one that corporate tool Obama appointed to be the head of the SEC. And now that's bearing fruit. They just issued two rules 
which are going to completely eviscerate any kind of control over hedge funds and overseas trading and derivatives. So this is what happens, right? So here's, you know, we're talking about the Obama kind of Democrat, which is actually a Republican. Um, And on this show, you know, I've taken a lot of flack from people, especially during election time, uh, encouraging people to stay away from the Democratic Party nationally. Nationally, I think it's worth paying attention, and this is what we're talking about here, in uh, state elections. You know, like who's the governor, who's in the state legislature, because that makes a big difference, right? You know, it's, it's amnesia, too. I mean, who would have thought that we would miss Bill Clinton, who was to the right of Richard Nixon, which means that now we're missing Richard Nixon. Oh, yeah, we're missing Ronald Reagan. I mean, I mean, the guy used to have uh, had the highest tariffs uh, since. Well, there's, there's, we need tariffs. There's another. There's another a group that has a show on uh, PRN called Black. It's called Black Agenda Report. A website. I called, love that show. Yeah, wonderful, terrific stuff. Uh, you know, with and, Glenn Ford. Whoever who would, have, who would imagine Glenn Ford would be doing Black Agenda Report. <laughs> It's not, you know what I mean, Glenn Ford, the cowboy actor, right? No. Yeah. yeah. Who could have figured? We're old people references here. Yeah. This guy This guy was a big star in the 1950s. He was a sheriff and a marshal, and he was always on, he wore a white hat all the time. And right away, all of a sudden, he's a left-wing politician. America is a remarkable place. That's all I could say. Yeah, he's right. But Glenn Great Ford, voice, Glenn, Glenn Ford is actually an old-time black activist who was in the, uh, you know, uh, the uh, the Black Panthers and a fantastic journalist. And he does a show on uh, on this station. And the, his website is Black Agenda Report. And uh, he was saying, and he maintains all the time, that from his point of view, somebody like Obama is much more dangerous for America. Uh, than an out-and-out Republican hard-on, you know, because he sucks everybody in. He's, he looks, you know, right. he's black, you know, he smiles, he's a nice guy. Once in a while he throws you a bone, a Supreme Court appointment, something like that, and then everybody follows along like lemmings, and then they get their, uh, go off the cliff, you know. And, and remember, Clinton got stuff through that the George Bush the first was trying to get through, like the NAFTA and the AFTA and all the TAS, you know. Um, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the first George Bush was trying to get that stuff through. He couldn't get it through, and all of a sudden... Uh, Wonder Boy uh, Democrat shows up and he gets an office and it all goes through. You know, right. All the welfare reform, everything that the Republicans are trying to do. Came yeah. in and glass eagle. So, 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 so it, yeah, it, it's almost as if somebody's sitting there appointing people. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, if people, you know, there, there are conspiracy theories about everything, but if somebody was to tell me, you know, clearly these people meet somewhere that you don't even hear about someplace, you know, a handful of them or they. You know, they get together maybe 50 or 60 of them someplace and somewhere, and they say, this is going to be the next president. Make sure you do this. Make sure you do that. I'm all Obama clearly was vetted by corporations, or else he wouldn't be oh, there. Of course. You know. Of course. I mean, now, let, you let me, let's, go ahead. Can we go back to the bill, and I'll tell you something? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's go back to it. Sorry. Uh, listen, um, by, the, let me, let, by the way, if you just, uh, if you just tuned in here, um, you're listening to Scooter, uh, Scooter Scootra, uh, S-K-U-T-R-E, uh, former Presbyterian minister who has turned politician. That's right. And uh, he, not really, but uh, he is uh, an old-time broadcaster from uh, Texas, and uh, his show is on KPFT, which is the Pacifica station in Houston, but don't hold that against him. And um, it's 90, actually, if you listen on the real radio, it's 90.1 FM in Houston. It's actual radio. Yeah, yeah real radio. And it's on Thursday evenings at uh, 1030, but the best way to... Uh, check in about all the stuff that Scooter does, and it's great creative radio. A lot of art involved with the politics is called Inner Side. Go to Inner Side Radio or Inner Side Scooter. Yeah, okay. and, and we have to warn people that it is satire. It's too. no, you don't. You don't have to warn people. Well, okay, do. okay, they should they, they shouldn't know that it's satire. 
And how will they know anymore? <laughs> what is satire? In, in New York City, we have former Congressman Weenie running against former Governor, governor uh, running along with, I should say, former Governor Spritzer, you know, for who's going to be the most demented, maniacal, unapologetic asshole in New York. And, uh, and, you know, I have no trouble with those guys politically. Politically, actually, I like, you know, the big problem with, with Spitzer was, uh, well, Wiener is, uh, he's just a loudmouth. He never really did anything. But the big disappointment in New York State with, uh, with Spitzer was that he was a horror and a terror to Wall Street. In fact, he was the, the attorney general. I mean, he, he came down on them with a hammer. He never backed off. They were scared of him because he was smart right. and he was, will, you know, he was uh, driven by willpower and he had his own money. You couldn't bribe him. And everybody expected when he was governor that he would take care of business. In fact, a lot of people believe that until he screwed himself up, you know, doing whatever it is he did, um, that uh, he would have handled the Wall Street people so bad and so hard that they may not have even led to the current current recession we had. But so that's what people hold against him here. But meanwhile, back to they let's sort of say, got him out of the way, didn't they? Because when they knew that bubble was going to crash. Well, you know, people people we, people's weaknesses you know, get exploited. I mean, he's uh, running for controller of the city of New York, which is a very powerful position and can control actually a lot of things about the finances and the way the city works. He's running against. Um, the woman who ran the whorehouse that he frequented. No way. You're yes, it's true. Oh, my God. And Jay Leno oh. said the other night, apparently, I read this in a paper, that um, we have two people running for controller in New York. Uh, one of them is a member of the world's most disgusting and the most uh, reviled um, profession, and the other one ran a whorehouse. So this is... <laughs> Good. Yeah, so, anyway, let's, let's go back to Wendy Davis. Anyhow. So, uh, the abortion I, I guess, bill. The abortion bill. Yes, yes. Another lead that got buried was when Wendy did her famous filibuster. And it wasn't just her. I mean, uh, there were a lot of other Democrats that were in there because, uh, well, okay, let's let most of this they don't measure this, but we'll talk about it anyway. Yeah. They have actual filibusters in Texas. In other words, they should probably all be this way. It's the kind of Mr. Smith does the Washington rules only stricter. Oh, really? Um, yeah. You uh, cannot lean on the left. You must stand up. Wow. You cannot lean on the lectern. You cannot eat. You cannot use the bathroom. And you cannot – everything you talk about has to be germane to the bill. You cannot just wow. read from the cookbook. So you have to talk about the bill the whole time. And she uh, started at 11 in the morning. Remember, she has to go to midnight. That's when the session ends. Hmm. And uh, as she's going, uh, the, the, the Republicans are trying – they're objecting and saying, oh, wait, that wasn't germane to the bill. And they had to vote and all this crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and she lasted until about nine thirty or ten o'clock. Amazing. That's what the famous pink sneakers are about because you can't even lean on anything; you have to stand. So she was wearing, she was wearing pink sneakers. I guess you could see this on YouTube, right? If you wanted to. Right, right, right. It was actually being it was they were airing it live on CNN. Mm. Yeah. Um, and anyway, uh, yeah. uh, so she made it to about ten thirty until they had a, it was a three strikes you're out mm-hmm. on the third objection uh, if they can. Make it stand. And all of these were, oh, she's talking about stuff that isn't germane. One of the things that she was talking about that they said was not germane was the transvaginal uh, uh, ultrasound. Mm-hmm. They're saying that's not germane to this abortion. Oh, really? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so they finally got her uh, out shut up. But they had packed the entire gallery, plus the steps outside of the Capitol, with protesters. 
Uh, even to the, I mean, they got organized so fast they even had the, all had the same colored T-shirts on. It was amazing. And when uh, they basically got her down, there was a long chanting for a long time. And then these Democrats started in with amend, you know, amending the amendment to the bill and all this, you know, legislative block of mm-hmm. blocking tactics. And all the way up to the last minute, and and the gallery is now yelling. It was really dramatic. Oh, the gallery is now yelling so loud they can't count the votes. Hmm. And uh, uh, so the Republicans claimed victory. They got it in before midnight. Mm-hmm. It turns out before sunrise, they forged the congressional record to say it was before midnight. They really? lied on the congressional record. Right. Of course, I mean, I guess nobody's going to get prosecuted for that. But can well, you imagine no, not forging in- the no. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one of the other things that you should know is that, I mean, Texas is a big state, and this is definitely a trial balloon for uh, anti-abortion stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, and one of the reasons you tried here is because in Texas, you know, you don't have to pay retail for uh, a state legislator. You know, you can get them, de- you can get, what is it, discount. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can get a discount here. And so all of these big uh, Christian right-wing groups are just pumping money into this. Mm-hmm. And even though this uh, bill only has 30% popularity in Texas, and what Wendy and um, the people around her are doing are raising awareness uh, everywhere so that no matter how much money these guys get bribed, there's a good chance they won't get reelected. Wait, let me ask you a question about this now, and this is inevitably what happens on every show you do about every issue. Uh, the media, the, the media down in Texas, um, are they um, bought and paid for by all, by the corporations the same way as almost everywhere else? Yeah, it's not any different. Yeah, Houston in that respect is definitely. I mean, it's a little, little, little more right wing slanted than I would suppose Northeast, but that's the same here as everywhere else. But we do have something called TXCN, which is like a CNN for Texas. Hmm. Do you have one in New York? Do you have your own state cable news? What? I no, I don't think there is one in New York State. Okay. But so it's, it's not it's, bad. They don't they don't have time to spin stuff, mm-hmm. and so it's pretty good. It's not bad. I mean, they do the false equivalency a lot. Like uh, this would be a, a good example at the anti-abortion protests in Austin, uh, when there's like 900 anti-abortion protesters and three uh, pro-abortion protesters. They'll interview one of each to pretend there's a, an equivalency. No. But that doesn't make them. Uh, that's just standard practice. That's, you can find that in alternative media sometimes. So, so that's always part of the situation. I mean, here you are telling, telling, telling me, and I have every reason to believe it. I mean, for all sorts of uh, reasons, that uh, only thirty percent of uh, the population or the voters or whatever in Texas would support a bill like this, and yet seventy percent of the majority of people there. Lots of things happen in Texas. I mean, I I had a guy on here who was from a local newspaper down there. I think I forget where now. He's in Austin or San Antonio or someplace like that. We were talking about the whole, um, the whole fact that Texas produces most of the textbooks for the rest of the country, that schools in every part of the country buy, and that uh, the, the Board of Education for Texas, the State Board of Education, is extremely right-wing and very fundamentalist. So all of the textbooks that are bought all over the country, I don't know why people do that. I don't know how they got a monopoly or uh, have things they want to have things in there about, uh, you know, uh, creationism. Creationism. They want to have creationism, yeah. then they want to ban this, they want to ban that. There was something about uh, climate uh, change, and they wanted to throw that out. You know, the whole thing, yeah. right? They wanted to kick the Mexicans out of the uh, history books. So, so Literally. what is, yeah. once upon a time, I look at Lyndon Johnson, uh, Ann Richards, all these people. What, what happened in Texas? What is the story with Texas that it went from being 
uh, is this the same thing as the rest of the South? You know, it's a, they went to being Republicans because we're talking about racism. Or what's going on? Why is Texas so controlled by these people? How did that happen? Well, uh, the, what you're talking about there, that was national news. That was when I, we thought that George Bush would make us a laughing stock, but actually it was the Texas State Board of Education. Mm-hmm. It, and it turns out that every one of those people that – it's not hard to get elected to a Texas school board. I mean, you, you can do it with, like, no money. But all of those people were supported by one single millionaire who's a used car salesman, surprise, surprise, in Fort Worth City, who gave everybody on that Texas uh, State – School, he put about $13 million into school board elections and, and shows all these people for the right wing. We had people that made Michelle Bachman look brilliant you know, mm-hmm. on that school board. And, all of, uh, and then uh, all of their support uh, came from all over the country because, once again, they're seeing Texas as the place to raise the blue. If we can get Texas, then we can move on and get the rest of the South. Uh, what the punchline is is that they – uh, you, you know, all the atheists and uh, and people who aren't atheists but are are really strong against the sep- for separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. We we have a, a a big alliance here with churches and atheists and and um, progressives mm-hmm. uh, trying to divide keep church out of church out of the school system, right? Yeah. And uh, we fought it tooth and nail and tooth and nail. I made national news everywhere, and we knocked it back a lot. And then, but they, you know, they want a few things, but they didn't really, they decided to stop pushing the creationism about halfway through and went for it. Anyway, I don't want to, this is getting uh, yeah, too yeah, boring, yeah. but the pun, there's a punchline. And the punchline is when they finally got their uh, uh, standards for textbooks passed, it's in law, it's all ready to go. Uh, they had defunded the State Board of Education to the point at which they couldn't even afford the book, so none of it mattered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two years of struggle didn't matter at all because they had defunded uh, the school so bad they couldn't even afford textbooks. So there you go. So th- th- this guy Republican that came... versus Republican. <laughs> well, <laughs> the guy that came on here, who was a terrific guy, I, I, I wish I could remember his name. He was a reporter or a journalist for a newspaper down there. He said that um, there's a section in the state legislature which is reserved for a bunch of, like, um, corporate people and people who are, you know, wealthy. Oh, yeah. And they call it the owner's box. <laughs> that, that's what <laughs> in the state legislature in Texas. So utterly corrupt. And, and then Perry was running for president. And apparently what's going on with this uh, asshole? He, he decided that he's not going to run for governor again, but then everybody is assuming that he's going to run for president. I mean, I, I think he's going to wind up in some corporate position somewhere, right? I do, too. I do, too. I mean, he's been I, – I don't know if you remember that whole thing about the – oh, what's that stuff called? It's the human papillona vaccine or whatever that was. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Right. And, uh, of course, all of the South – oh, you can't give that to our children. They might have sex, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it kills people. And Michelle Bachman said, oh, it makes people, you know, uh, retarded. And, and right. while that was going on, it just – sailed right through in Texas, mm-hmm. right through, and uh, uh, Perry was behind it, and of course he had a bunch of uh, stock in the company. So, Well, so so this guy's going to get rewarded by some position somewhere. Yeah, I he's mean, going straight to corporate, I think. I, I don't yeah. think he'd try it for president again, do you? No, like, well, look what happened to him last time, and he doesn't have a chance, you know what I mean? Uh, he doesn't so. have a sentence. <laughs> This guy. So, so, so here, so here we have. Uh, so, so what's what is uh, what is next here uh, on Wendy Davis's? I mean, what what is first of all the bill itself? Where where the bill is now? What passed officially? No, the bill is um, it's it's in some sort of uh, uh, limbo. Uh-huh. As we speak, they may be passing it though. Oh, I see. 
Yeah, this is rubber meets the road time, and that that's you know that's why she was here a couple of days ago. It, it will pa- get, yeah. It will pass, right? You know, I, I, I'm not going to give up hope. Uh, it's remember what it's it's only in the House, and it still has to go to the Senate. And mm-hmm. I, um, I, I'm I'm not a good enough predictor of, of who's who. I just assume everything's going to go wrong, and I'm almost always right. But on this one, you never know. Mm-hmm. She she may have put the uh, fear of their little uh, make believe God into them. It, what's what is it like? I mean, as far as the state legislature in Texas goes, is it mostly or almost all men? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like everywhere else. Yeah, well, New York State is that way, yeah. too. And by the way, we, we have our owner's box. And, you know, I have to admit, at least we're honest. <laughs> it's true. Actually, New York State uh, is perennially, uh, we, we retired the trophy for, uh, you know, for, <laughs> for, for, uh, for corrupt legislators. I mean, no, no one. It comes in. We're in our own league here. But uh, Texas, as he's put in put up. But, you know, Texas is famous in all sorts of ways that are very unfortunate, like this guy Ted Cruz. Oh my God! Yeah, you know. Well, you know, there's something about um, people uh, who are from Cuba who who have no immigration uh, boundaries at all, coming in, declaring themselves Hispanics, and representing Mexican people who can't get in at all, and that working. I don't get that. Mm-hmm. I don't not get that. Just because you can speak Spanish and you're from Latin America, I mean. I don't know. I have I have hope for Texas, though, because every time I read one of these uh, protests about um, Keystone Pipeline, I'm seeing people, real populism down in Texas. I mean, basically, the state of Texas is using eminent domain to seize property from people who have had land for generations, like ranches Absolutely. and farms, and using state troopers to seize property from people. Uh, to give it to their pals who are paying for their elections from uh, yeah. from TransCanada from XM Pipeline. So uh, this is not this is not the last place you're going to see Republicans chaining themselves from trees because uh, I mean that's property rights is strictly old-fashioned conservatives. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely a right uh, meets left, but that's going to be everywhere with this fracking and um, these pipelines, and that's going to be everywhere. Well. This might be a big mistake here. This abortion bill plus the fracking and all that stuff they're pushing, they might unite the right and the left, finally. <laughs> well, you know, it, it always comes down to the eternal question, and uh, I guess we'll move on in a minute or two to, to, to other stuff, which is actually always the same stuff. I mean, uh, I have a story here that I'm going to talk about later about uh, Walmart is threatening to abandon plans to uh, to open three locations in Washington, D.C., because the city council had the goddamn nerve to enact a $12.50 minimum wage bill. It said that any any big box store that comes in there that has, you know, a minimum number of feet in the store and does a certain amount of business, which includes Walmart, they have to pay twelve fifty. And the bill passed 8 to 5 in the city council. But now the city council is, get this, reconsidering it after Walmart announced that it's going oh, to pull, pull plans to, uh, to, to build these stores. And it's a complicated issue. But... The thing I was going to say is that almost always when we talk about this stuff, it's going on for years on every show I do. And, you know, you know, this is the issue. Why do people vote against their own interests? And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're just plain ignorant. You know, they just. Yeah, and, and, and when they do vote in, in their own interests, it turns out they're still voting against their own interests. <laughs> well, then, then they're being just plain deceived. That's a whole other thing. I mean, people voted right. for Obama and for other Democrats uh, all over the place who. Um, Fell for the biggest con game maybe in the history of American politics. I mean, that was really something. But, uh, 
Yeah, it's a shame. So I don't know. So as far last last uh, comments here from uh, from uh, Scooter. What what is the story down there in terms of um, electoral politics in general? I mean, does the Democratic Party have a chance of? I mean, do people want to run in primaries against the regular Democrats, or what is the story down there? Okay, well, the people that uh, that count votes, uh, who's that fellow that's always right in predicting? Um, oh, right, right, right. The guy, they hired him to the New York Times. He he does all these, Nate Silver. Nate Silver, yeah, right, oh, right, right. right. Uh, him and folks like him and, and uh, people at the Texas Observer and really people that are way smarter than me, <coughs> excuse me, predict this to be a red state within 10 years. And it has to do with the Hispanic population. Oh, you mean a blue state in 10 years? or Red state. A red it's a blue state now, right? Uh, I get my colors mixed up. Yeah, I get your colors mixed up. So, in other words, it's a, it's a, it's a red state now. Red is uh, that's, that's right. It's a conservative. So, so why they all they call the bright the reds is always I'm always going to make that mistake. I have no idea. I mean, red is a prominent color in the Confederate flag. That's all I can think of. I don't know. And uh, I, who knows? Hey, that's just a cross turned diagonally. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Yeah. Same here. You said it. Okay. Well, um, you know, I have a friend, one of the best friends I ever had. In fact, my best friend from childhood. Uh, having, this is Facebook, right? One of the few minor things that's good about Facebook at all. Oh, but you're on Facebook too, right? Oh, yeah. So just your name, Scooters? Yeah, I, I deface your page regularly. Oh, that, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I don't pay attention to Facebook. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you, know I, you might as well just actually um, you know, email directly about what you want to do and what you just bought and who you are and what you just said to your friends directly to the NSA. You know, you, should, you, could, you can skip Facebook. But uh, meanwhile, um, so Scooter's on uh, Facebook. You can catch him there. You, be, you can befriend him on Facebook. And um, I guess that's it for now. Check, so to check out Wendy Davis. Everybody who's listening, check out this woman, Wendy Davis. She is one of those few little tiny sparks in an otherwise uh, vast stadium of gloom that is American politics and culture. She is a genuine Hero. She's got courage. She's got brains. She's got guts. She went to Harvard Law School, which people don't point out too often. And um, there she is down in Texas. Who She stood up for almost more, was it like at least uh, 12 hours straight from the morning time or close to 12 hours in an, a real filibuster, just like uh, Scooter said, like Mr. Smith goes to Washington. And um, it was carrying the banner for women who are being outraged uh, by the behavior of the state of Texas, a fundamentalist white Christian-controlled, male-dominated corporate state. And uh, she stood up for women down there. And things will change. There are too many people down there uh, who are uh, underfranchised. And if they attack women like this, and in the end, they're going to pay heavily for it. And I see that Wendy Davis knows this, and other people know it too. So in the end, I don't think they can, unless they want to declare martial law and have state troopers on every corner. I mean, unless they go that direction, they're going to wind up switching. And it's an interesting thing because it's a state with a lot of electoral votes, if you still believe in that kind of thing. All right, Scooter, thanks. Okay, and Mike, if uh, if you all have this up on the web uh, uh, this afternoon, I'll play it on KPFT tonight. Yeah, play on KPFT, and usually these, these shows are uh, reposted for podcast and archived either later this evening, and it could be tomorrow morning, but usually later this yeah. evening. Okay. I'll call your engineer and ask. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Um, I think what we'll do is, you know what? Uh, can we uh, play that uh, the opening theme or any kind of music except Happy Birthday uh, to take a break, and we'll be back in a minute.
All right, again, this is Mike Fader, and uh, you were listening to my old buddy Scooter, uh, spelled the way a scooter is spelled, and he's, uh, he does great radio. He does um, sometimes, you know, he does satire, and he does aggressive, sometimes vicious satire on politics and culture, and he don't care, and he don't care, and he don't care. <laughs> so sometimes, like all good stuff like that, um, he hits a wrong note, but other times he hits the note so right that he knocks it way out of the ballpark and into the next county. So uh, check out uh, Scooter Scootra, S-K-U-T-R-E, and uh, he's his band of um, satirists. And it's The Inner Side. You can Google The Inner Side, and you'll you'll find out about him. Broadcast in Texas. KPFT is an interesting place. Um it's one of the five Pacifica stations. Uh, you know, Pacifica is now actually dying. It's on life support, and uh, they're going to pull the plug soon, I think, probably all over the country. Uh, BAI is practically uh, being carted off to the morgue, and uh, other stations like uh, that are in the Pacifica network, KPFK out in California. But Houston down there seems to maintain itself. Houston is an interesting place. It's, I don't know when, started in the 60s sometime or maybe the 70s as a Pacifica station, Pacifica being the extreme the gold standard a long time ago of left-wing radical radio, non-commercial radio. And I was down there for a national board meeting because I was the assistant manager of BAI. Actually, the manager, but that's another story. And we went down and we toured uh, the station at Houston, and they had bullet holes. They had bullet holes, which they did not uh, plaster over or uh, put, uh, you know, fake wood over. To, to, to There were two bullet holes in the wall at KPFT. One of them was from a few years before I, my visit, and one of them was from about a month before. This is the kind of place Texas is. I mean, these people are broadcasting, you know, the truth about things to people in Texas, and it had a, they had a pretty good signal, you know, powerful signal, so it reached, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of people. And it was, you can bet, you can bet it was the only place in Texas that was broadcasting this kind of liberal, even radical stuff. And people would drive by and take shots at the station. So, uh, you know, once upon a time, Pacifica, and especially this place, you know, had to pay uh, pay dues for what it said. I remember when I was the assistant manager at BAI, we had guys come in one day. I'm sitting in my office, and two guys come in, uh, two guys in their 40s with uh, crew cuts and um, gray suits on, and they flip open their little wallets, and there they are. They said they're from the FBI, and they wanted their shameless uh, mothers, you know. They say... Uh, there were tapes that had been played on the news at BAI that week that had to do with Patty Hearst. Of course, you know, Patty Hearst and her silly jaunt with the Symbionese Liberation Army. You'll have to go look it up. But there was something that the FBI was interested in because it involved, you know, um, crime across state line and revolution or whatever. So they came, they walked into BAI and they walked over to my desk in the manager's office and they said they would like to have these tapes. And I said, well, no. No. And other times in history, BAI was requested and required to uh, turn over certain information and had to do, especially during the 60s. And um, they refused to do it. They locked the manager up, threw him in jail. Me, they didn't put in jail. I put in a call to the lawyer, and the lawyer got the FBI guy on the phone and told him to back off and go away. And they dealt with it, and they never did give him the tapes. So once upon a time, places like this counted. And it still does, I think, even more down in Houston. You get a state like Texas, which is representative of a lot of uh, of some of the worst corporate and fundamentalist and male-dominated, male-white-dominated control. I mean, they are the worst example practically in the country. You know, you have places like Indiana, Wisconsin, 
But, you know, and then you get down south. You get South Carolina, which is about as bad as it gets, and even Virginia. But Texas is as bad as it gets. I mean, Rick Perry used to say that there were more jobs created in Texas uh, than any other place. And he was right. And the jobs were because they tried to abolish the minimum wage because they busted every union in Texas. So there were more jobs created. There were jobs that paid six, seven, eight dollars an hour and no benefits. And people were worked uh, 10 hours a day. Yeah. So corporations flock to Texas because they have free reign to do whatever they want. Speaking of which, uh, corporations and people in the United States, you have to question capitalism finally. Capitalism is not the way to go for human beings. It is if you're the Koch brothers, and it is if you inherit a lot of money like the Koch brothers did. They, got, they inherited a giant oil company from their father. You know, they didn't get rich by working hard by themselves. Um, Walmart, and I mentioned this before when we were talking to Scooter, Walmart, the, the second largest corporation in the entire world, I forget what the first one is, uh, and uh, don't forget the six Walmart siblings or husbands or wives of the siblings, six of them have assets of $120 billion. They earn, although that's a poor word for it, earn usually involves making, you know, working and getting paid. They receive something like 100 to $200 million a year in profit just by being who they are from Walmart, from owning stock and shares in Walmart. So these people who have $120 billion, uh, they're threatening to abandon plans to open three locations in Washington, D.C. if the city council enacts a living wage bill targeting superstore uh, stores for fair pay. Uh, this is from an article here from Alternate. Claiming the proposed legislation discriminates against business, discriminates against business, Walmart's regional director wrote in the Washington Post that Walmart simply will not open new stores if they are forced to pay their employees a living wage. Well, that's you know, if they're forced to employ their employees a minimum of twelve fifty an hour. Can you imagine? Can you could you live on twelve fifty an hour? Very few people could, right? But that's what they're objecting to. And it says here, the uh, spokesperson for Walmart says uh, this kind of behavior threatens to undo all that we have accomplished together. Excuse me. <laughs> So the whole point of Walmart is 80% of Walmart employees nationally are on food st- receive food stamps. 80%, let me say that again, 80% of Walmart employees, and there are several hundred thousand of them in this country, uh, maybe it's close to a million, um, receive food stamps. Um, the majority of workers in Walmart stores are receiving some kind of um, social or uh, economic or otherwise assistance from the states that they live in, or even federal assistance. In other words, they're on welfare. Walmart employees get paid so little and are treated so badly and don't have enough benefits or hardly any benefits that they get food stamps and they're on welfare. That's money that we pay for. In other words, you work and you pay your taxes, right? And that money has to be given to help these people who work for Walmarts because of the way Walmart treats them. The people who own Walmarts have $120 billion, and that's six people. And they're not even the majority. They're the majority uh, owners of Walmarts. So there in Washington, D.C., the city council, this is a tentative uh, uh, legislation that passed the city council eight to five. Now, obviously, it's going to be a big deal about jobs. There's very few jobs uh, you know, in Washington, there's a lot of unemployment. It's a, it's a, a very heavily um, impoverished city, right? It, you know, the capital of the United States where people um, buy and sell each other for uh, millions of dollars, where corporations are granted tax breaks for billions of dollars, 
has some of the poorest people in the entire country and very high level of unemployment. So it would be a good thing if Walmart came in in one way and provided uh, several hundred, if not a couple of thousand jobs for people who work there. Of course, they'd all have to be on food stamps and welfare, but who cares, right? But uh, the city council said, no, you can't come into our city and treat people like this. You have to pay them at least twelve fifty an hour, which is still just hardly getting by, right? And Walmart refuses to do it. They're blackmailing the city of Washington, and we don't know what the final city council vote will be. So this is the kind of extraordinary thing goes on. Uh, one other thing is the Koch brothers. Recently, uh, the Koch brothers have stated, and this is Charles Koch speaking, who has $43 billion. Koch, uh, Charles Koch has $43 billion. And he says, uh, he gave an, an interview to the uh, Wichita Eagle uh, newspaper in Wichita, Kansas. And he says that the U.S. needs to get rid of the minimum wage. Let me say that again. This man, Charles Koch, has $43 million. His brother, David Koch, has something like $20 billion, whatever. They inherited their money. They took over the business from their father, who was named Fred Koch, who had a gigantic international oil company. In other words, these are two rich boys who never had to work a day in their life. They may have put in a lot of effort. You know, to build up their uh, fortune to the billions that it is now from several hundred million or from a billion that it started out to be. But these guys were born with silver spoons in their mouth. They never had to work. They don't understand what a minimum wage means. They don't even understand what it means to work for a living. They never had to. So these sons of bitches, these pigs on an Olympic class order, uh, this guy, Charles Koch, says to Wichita, Kansas, he says, uh, uh, on Wednesday, uh, he says to the Wichita Eagle, uh, we need to get rid of the minimum wage. It's hurting economic growth in America. On Wednesday, the Charles Koch Foundation launched a $200,000 media campaign in Wichita, Kansas, with a hint of expanding it elsewhere. Uh, the interview, let's see, he says, we want to do a better job of raising up the disadvantaged and poorest in this country rather than saying, oh, we're just fine now, whatever that means. What he's saying is, he's saying that... Um, that minimum wage is an obstacle to economic growth, and economic growth, this is the same old Republican crap, and also you could throw Obama and Democrats in there with it. In other words, if there's any obstacle to business at all, it's bad for everybody. It's the same old trickle down, you know, if we let people do whatever they want, get rid of regulations, bullshit that you hear all the time, it's good for you. There'll be more jobs. Yeah, there'll be more jobs, and eventually we'll just be slaves. And they'll call that a job. <laughs> Walmart is going to open 50 more stores, and it's uh, seeking to purchase uh, 5,000 human beings from a slave market somewhere in eastern Russia. You know, just look for the headlines sometime, right? Yeah, there's going to be more and more jobs. We can employ everybody in this country that's out of a job right now <clears throat> if we paid them $5 or $3 an hour. Absolutely, they'd be employed. They would die of starvation. They would have to camp outside. They would have no medical care. They could hardly eat, but we'd have full employment. What do you do about people like this? Not only that, we have this article in the paper the other day. Um, paid via card, workers feel sting of fees. The growing number of American workers, a growing number of American workers are confronting a frustrating predicament on payday. To get their wages, they have to pay a fee. Many employers now are introducing a card. Instead of paying people by a paper check or a direct deposit, and these are low-wage workers, right? People are making minimum wage already. And you can hardly live on that. They have to get a card now and go to an ATM to withdraw on their pay, to withdraw money on their pay. And guess what? They have to pay a dollar fifty or a dollar seventy-five or more every time they withdraw money that they need from their meager pay that they get. 
And if they lose their card, their ATM card, which is issued by an employer, they have to pay $6 to get it. So it puts them all beneath the minimum wage now. This is an increasing trend for American employers. What is the answer to all of this? The answer to all of this is take all these corporations, utilities, banks, transportation, every one of these things that are essential for our lives, take it away and give it to the people of the United States. Take it away. These people should not have all this money. These corporations should not get away with this crap. And if you want to vote for the Democrats, it's never going to happen. There's got to be another way to deal with this. Maybe back real radical people in primaries. Maybe do that. But unless we take away all this money and all this power from these people, they will continue to turn this country into a place where we're going to be serfs or slaves in short order. It needs to be absolutely across the board socialism, banking, transportation, utilities, energy, medical care. The government needs to be, our government, the people of the United States need to take this over. It's the only answer. Bye. Uh-huh. 